Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for November 8th, 2020, the 23rd Sunday after Pentecost. And we are coming to you not live on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. Bruce, how you feeling? I'm feeling fine. Very good. Yeah, we had a beautiful day today. Yeah. Uh, uh, fun, fun uh, uh, side note, having nothing to do with lectionary readings or this <laughs> podcast, we we uh, had the pleasure of getting schooled on some uh, technological additions to the church, uh, which will which will help us uh, uh, broadcast uh, more uh, live um, uh, stuff from the sanctuary, which was fun to learn, and I'm looking forward to figuring out how I break it. Um, <laughs> I know the church. Yeah, I, I, brand you know, new... I had to wait till all you guys left where I could play. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but yeah, I mean, we always we always say coming to you not live on this on this podcast, and that'll be something that we could I could even create an opening for it that would say like coming to you live from Fishers, Indiana. <laughs> It'd be kind of fun. <laughs> Just I don't think we can use the Johnny Carson theme. I don't think we can afford the on that. <laughs> That's expired by now, right? I mean, how long do this? How long do laughing. those copyrights last? <laughs> there you go. Oh, uh, beautiful downtown Burbank. Yeah, do, yeah. Do we want to use laugh in for your sermons, or I mean, what are we? It's better than some things. <laughs> that that better is than true. Sympathy for the devil. <laughs> that is true. Um, but yeah, hey, look, uh, Bruce, we got we got um, proper twenty seven, proper twenty eight, and proper twenty nine, and we we're we're, yeah. we're done. Yeah, we're done for year A. So. Um, uh, with so what a what a crazy um, crazy time to to, to, to recognize that hey it's it's all blown by the the, the liturgical year is practically over it's yeah yeah I mean it's just one of those reminders of how time is passing in such an odd way with under COVID and you know where for those of you who might be listening that uh, haven't been able to attend church in Fishers Indiana. Um, or at least with Holy Family, we're try- doing our best to worship outside. And if there are any huge obstacles for that, we just have to cancel uh, services. But it just has been such an odd year where the vast majority of our services have been recorded and mm-hmm. only shared online with watch parties and stuff. And we're still doing that. And then, you know, me as, as the rector looking at the weather reports like I'm getting ready to land a space shuttle or something. <laughs> yeah. Are the winds too high? I kind of guessed wrong on that one this past Sunday. The winds probably were too high. I, I, I think everyone was got that one wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was, the winds were were, were there. It's the breath of God, let's say. That's right. I worked it into the sermon. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. It didn't bother me that much. But yeah, it's such an odd, odd liturgical year we've had. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 uh, uh, all, all kidding aside, uh, the in a way the, the the stuff that we practice on will will continue to add a little to that oddness because yeah. as, as as you and I have uh, discussed, uh, one of the things that we might try doing is uh, live services where um, I'm utilizing the sound uh, from uh, th- that uh, gets kind of pumped through. We use a, an FM transmitter 
to to uh, deliver the sound through uh, through the FM radio stations uh, and and uh, into people's cars there in the parking lot because it's it's getting cold. Um, Where we have so, the altar set up, yeah, yeah, and and so this new setup uh, will allow me to do a visual representation of that, and we can you know uh, capture on film you standing out there in the cold <laughs> all by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, if you want to see what it looks like, uh, Bruce uh, 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 braving the elements, stay tuned. We're going to play around with that and perfect it, and we'll get a nice shot. Maybe I'll figure out a way to do kind of like a frosted edge to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and before long, you can do the whole season's greetings and the holly yeah. ribbon edging. Yeah, 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 <laughs> for sure. So, uh, so yeah, uh, stay, stay stay tuned on that. Uh, uh, be sure to check out our. I'll, I'll I'll do it up at the up at the top instead of the end. Be sure to check out our uh, YouTube channel HFEC videos uh, uh, as we figure this out and and feel comfortable <laughs> producing uh, <laughs> such a thing uh, live online. That's where it'll be uh, shown is uh, uh, at HFEC videos on YouTube. So, um, but yeah, a um, lot of, a lot of stuff in the works. We're, we're, we're trying, we're doing our best to adapt and think creatively and, and uh, um, use, use what the gifts that God has given us. Um, so uh, uh, speaking <laughs> Chewing gum and bailing wire. Yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> So, Bruce, speaking of the gifts that God has given you, uh, let's see if you know today's word, which is orphrey. Yeah, it's, that's the um, pretty fabric band that goes down the, I believe, the, yeah, the center of liturgical vestments and pyramids. Yeah, it can. Um, uh, so the the full definition, just in case... Uh, 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 orphrey having nothing to do with like bats in the belfry or anything like that, uh, uh, is, uh, spelled O R P H R E Y. And it's, it's a short and sweet ornamental band of contrasting material on a vestment or altar hanging. Um, so, uh, it doesn't necessarily, it, it doesn't indicate that it necessarily has to go down the center. Uh, but it does uh, seem to imply that it has to be some sort of contrasting material. Yeah, usually of on sorts. Um, older vestments, it almost always was velvet or um, gold, gold thread. Mm -hmm. uh, more contemporary vestments, it can be any number of fabrics and, and threads, depending on the overall design. Mm -hmm. um, and because of modern vestments... Um, having fewer traditions around them, some don't have orphreys at all. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it, it is definitely not a requirement in right. order for something to meet the categorization of being a vestment or, you know, usable altar hanging. It's not, it's not a, a, a an absolutely necessary part of it. In fact, actually, I think we have a few things that do have, um, a, a lack of orphrey. Right. Uh, um, depending on the style and the design and those kind of things are actually kind of cool to see. Um, uh, I always think of those, um, generally their baseball team, uh, uh, uh ball, <laughs> but ball caps, the one that's, that have like the logo on top, but it's like made out of the same material as the rest of the, the ball cap. Uh -huh. And so the, like the logo kind of blends in with yeah, only shows up in certain light. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, 
which I always thought was a kind of a cool design uh, feature, even though uh, ball caps look dumb on me. Um, <laughs> so, so there's that. <laughs> Not anything I, I delve into. But yeah, uh, so Orphrey um, uh, is, is uh, today's it, word of the day. And it's a pretty can... decent Scrabble word, so you might want to remember. Oh, yeah. They look at uh, a P and an H, a Y. Yeah. I mean, this is a, yeah, what a great word. Uh, so for for you those of you at a Scrabble table right now, that's O R P H R E Y, our way of being supportive during the pandemic. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> this has been Scrabble talk. Um, so uh, let's, Scrabble ringer words. <laughs> let's move over to, to Amos, uh, yes. shall we? Amos chapter five, verse eighteen through twenty four. And I have to scroll here because there's like 900 different variations for this Sunday. There it is. Um, that reads this way. Alas, for you who desire the day of the Lord, why do you want the day of the Lord? It is darkness, not light. As if someone fled from a lion and was met by a bear or went into, went into the house and rested a hand against the wall and was bitten by a snake. Is it not the day of the Lord darkness, not light and gloom with no brightness in it? I hate, I despise your festivals, and I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. Even though you offer me your burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. And the offerings of well-being, the offerings of well-being of your fatted animals, I will not look upon. Take away from me the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the melody of your harps. But let justice roll down like waters, and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Um, quick recap: Amos, a a uh, prophet, um, relatively short book, right? right. Um, what's every prophet has a beef? That's the whole reason they <laughs> write something. So, what's Amos's beef with? Uh, the kingdom of Israel at the at, at the time of writing, or I assume that's what this is about. Yes. Well, it uh, yes and no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Welcome to Episcopal Scripture Talk. Yes or no? <laughs> and no, both. Um, okay, Amos is one. What technically are called one of the latter prophets. Mm -hmm. L a t t e r wrote about the same time as First Isaiah. And okay. a handful of others. So he is um, in the midst of, he's writing, in the midst of Israel and Judah being conquered by the Assyrians. And they're going to be hauled off oh, into captivity. Okay. And so part of what he's doing is, is communicating from God both that you know, wake up, the world is changing. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. get your house in order. And also preparing them for no longer being able to worship in any way that's familiar to them. Okay. That, especially the temple, which will be destroyed. That they'll they'll have to figure out how to worship in the slave quarters of Babylonia. Hmm. And so that's part of the um, God repudiating all of the high church offerings that are listed here is... And, and now I'm thinking, oh man, this really applies to COVID worship. That all, so many of the things that we think are so important, like a, a wonderful choir, mm -hmm. God's saying no. That's that's not what's most important. 
of course you'll miss it, but what's so much more important is the um, justice rolling down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. That wonderful quote used a lot in the civil rights yeah. movement in the United yeah. States. Um, let, let me ask, since you bring that up, let me ask about that because um, it it seems as though what Amos is saying is you're about to get what you deserve. To uh, a certain degree. Okay, because, yeah, because he's saying, I, 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 it basically sounds like he's saying the, our Lord God hates everything that you're doing and uh, doesn't want to listen to you and doesn't want your offerings and you're going to get your just rewards. Uh, let it roll down over you like water and, and oh, right, okay. God's righteousness like an ever flowing stream. It's this is it seems as though it's kind of dark. I mean, I'm wondering if we're losing a little bit in context. The it, it, yes, um, the verse 24. But let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever flowing stream is not what's going to wipe out the listeners of this prophecy. It's instead what God wants from the people, instead mm, okay. of a beautiful choir, wonderful liturgical actions, um, beautiful vestments with ovaries on them and stuff. Um, instead, live lives of justice and live lives of righteousness. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, yeah, because uh, this is... It's, I, I'm not sure if this is... Is this Amos speaking or is this Amos writing down kind of more of like a quote from God directly it's like a, that kind of a it's a therefore says the lord okay okay i was gonna say because yeah there's so much of this though that kind of just in a way perks up the reader's ear because you're like wait that's something about this is not right though i mean and it's it's right off the right out the gate uh you know alas for you who desire the day of the lord what do you mean alas uh, those people who want the day of the Lord. Why do you want it? It's it is darkness, not light. And you're kind of like, wait, what? What do you what do you mean by that? <laughs> Why is the day of the Lord darkness and not light? That's not the imagery that I'm used to. That's not what well, I associate with it. And it's it's refer it's referring to the hypocrisy of the overly religious. Mm. And okay. I, you know, overly religious with big quotes around it that no one can see over a podcast. But the holier than thou's who say, "Gotcha." I have sacrificed two bushels of grain, not just one. Therefore, mm. on the day of the Lord, I'll get the best seed in heaven. And here, God is saying, "No, it's about whether or not you helped build a just society and lived a life of personal righteousness." <clears throat> gotcha. You know, if if you loved your neighbor as yourself, uh, and you know, so often in not just Judeo-Christian history, but history of various religions, the folks who are insisting they're the most religious have gotten the, have become the most destructive and dangerous within the religion hmm. to the rest of the world and therefore the most off track. Uh, so that's part of what God is, is upset about in Amos. When I was in seminary, we had to pass a Bible content exam. I, you know, I, I say that and I start to shake a little bit. It was the terror. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. And 
you know, if, if you didn't pass that, you did not graduate. Um, and one of the, the day of the test is darkness, not light (laughs) (laughs) and gloom with no brightness in it. (laughs) Fortunately, I have to admit it was pass fail, but, oh, okay. Okay. But one, but it had very basic things like what did Amos write about? What did Hosea write about? And one of the things that, um, one of the professors taught us to remember one of those memory devices was angry Amos, happy Hosea. Mm, okay. And they, and Hosea follows Amos and they're basically talking about the same era. They're addressing the same people, but have a completely different way of expressing it. Interesting. So Amos is the, uh, the Debbie Downer, the doom and gloom guy. And Hosea is the, we could do this guys. Come yeah. on. <laughs> oh, we got to yeah. Yeah. Just need to try a little harder. It, it's full. Yeah. Hosea is full of romantic imagery of how much God mm-hmm. loves us and stuff. And Amos is just like, God doesn't even like how your barbecue tastes. <laughs> Shut up kids. You with your loud songs and your yeah. noisy things. Humbug. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. That's a good, that'd be another way of remembering. Amos is, has the humbug is the humbug prophet. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, and I have yeah, to it goes on like that for seven chapters or so. Yeah, and I have I have to admit his his imagery here in verse nineteen uh, is is a, a little varied uh, because uh, the first part is as if someone fled from a lion and was met by a bear. Okay, that that imagery is like uh, you escape one um, one tribulation, one potential uh, pitfall. Uh, only to be uh, completely uh, ensnared or mauled by yeah. a, a, another, and then the second imagery is like, "This is not a, This is not the same kind of thing." Went into the house and rested the hand against the wall and bitten by a snake. <laughs> like, so, but it, it is interesting that he's doing like both imagery for like a, a bunch of different uh, scenarios. There, like you, you're escaping one treacherous path and you encounter another even though you're 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 you think you're safe and then likewise you just simply think you're safe doing nothing at all and uh and uh you're you're poisoned and 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 you know sunstroked in the desert and gonna die <laughs> like just well, <laughs> light up um yeah and you know this is the comic relief of the chapter <laughs> <laughs> So he, his is, he is a dark comic. I got it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah you ever flee from a, a lion only to get murdered by a bear? <laughs> dark <laughs> room. No one's laughing, but he's pushing on. Yeah, and, and one of the interesting things is the with verse 19, for instance, um, is this image of going into the house and resting on the wall is supposed to give you an image of another case of fleeing. Like you fled the lion and the bear ate you. Or you got away from the bear and ran inside the house to catch your breath only to be now bitten by a snake. Yeah. Got it. Okay. 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 So this is a continuation. Can you believe the day I had? Yeah. Well, and I got it. If you were looking at this in a in a good Bible, it's it's written as poetry, and so again, Hebrew poetry uh, is poetic by definition by repeating mm. ideas. Gotcha. 
And gotcha. so it's it's two images saying the same thing. Hmm. I'm glad that you gave uh, some context and, and color to to it because it does, like I said, it does kind of seem um, this would be very uncomfortable language to encounter and not know the backstory to. Yeah. Um, because you're kind of like, wait a minute, this is like if I'm to compare this to the message of Christ, I'm having a little hard time. <laughs> <laughs> the, the day of the Lord is darkness. Uh, not, not quite yeah, what it, I know. <laughs> yeah, so. it, it is the, the angry Amos. Yep. Angry Amos, the goth kid of the Old Testament. Yeah, yeah he's the goth prophet. <laughs> Uh, sorry, Amos. I, um, we're having a lot of laugh at, at your expense. Uh, anything else about the this Old Testament reading? Um, the the verse twenty three take away the noise of your songs. Mm -hmm. um, in the Hebrew, it, it's much more insulting. It's ba hmm. it's basically you're singing off key. Your music stinks. Will you please shut up? Oh, so it's. Huh. The other the other ones are uh, imply that things are being done properly, and that's still not good enough. In this one, it as he's you know, the last thing before the punchline of "Let justice roll down like waters," um, it it ups it a notch where the choir's not even that good, and you think it's great. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Oh, Amos, we're gonna have to do a we're gonna have to do a podcast just on your book. Oh um, yeah, it'd be, it'd be fun. Great. Yeah. Um, well, definitely would take yeah multiple episodes. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um, well, let's lighten it up, I guess. <laughs> With uh, it's about first... the only time you can say that about Pauline reading. <laughs> Very true. First uh, Thessalonians chapter four, verse thirteen through eighteen. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about those who have died, so that you may not grieve as others do who, who have, goodness, as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have died. For this we declare to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will by no means precede those who have died. For the Lord himself, with a cry of command, with the archangel's call, and with the sound of God's trumpet, will descend from heaven, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we, we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up in the clouds together with them to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Um... So we've we've said on this podcast before um, how modern um, day imagery of and concepts of heaven are actually post date the um, the 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 books Scriptures. of the Bible. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this one feels kind of. I mean, we had Revelation, the Book of Revelation, uh, last week, uh, and it feels a little. Um, end of the worldy there. Um, <laughs> end of the worldly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and it kind of starts to you know it doesn't use concepts like a, a heaven or hell or anything like that, but it does. Well, actually, it does say, say descend from heaven, but I assume the the in the original 
translation that's more from above or on high right. or something along those lines, <clears throat> especially since that kind of word we still use today. So it's not necessarily describing this, uh, uh, um, you know, the, the more uh, revelation style concept of the dead rising from the grave and, 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 and uh, that kind of imagery, but it kind of, it mirrors it. I mean, it kind of does feel similar. Um, what, what is going on in this, in this uh, uh, section of reading? Cause we're only four chapters in, and I think we've kind of followed along for the most part, uh, the gist of, of the, his letter to the Thessalonians. Um, but what is it? One of the things to keep in mind is it's a short letter. There's only one more. There are only five chapters. Okay. Okay. Um, so we're really in, into the meat of the thing. Yeah. So, so so why is he want? He doesn't want them to be uninformed about those who have died. So what's 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 the current um, rumor or story that he's trying to dispel? It's, it seems like he's trying to address yeah. something specific. What's what what is it that he's going on? That. This, like, this is another place where Paul is writing to a community that has, like with the letter to the Romans, that has very little understanding of Judaism. It's, okay. It's in the, and um, within both Greek and Roman culture, which, you know, first Greek and then Roman culture was the predominant culture um, in this region, there was absolutely no belief in any piece of a person existing after death. Okay. So the, that's what Paul is countering here. Okay. Which would have been probably the, the background, the nature in which most of the Thessalonians would have grown up in. Right. Uh, was the, if not all of them, uh, this concept that, um, after you die, that's, that's, uh, that, that's it. So he's, he's basically referring to the way they've been brought up as grieving as others who have who do who have no hope that yeah. line of thinking has is is just completely um opposite of of what the uh the, the jewish faith held right yeah because by this point a belief in um the eternal nature of human existence was already very prevalent within judaism mm. I'm purposely mm -hmm. not using the Christian terms. That's why it sounds gotcha. kind of bizarre. Well, uh, why don't you why don't you uh, say maybe a, a couple of things about that concept? Like, because uh, obviously Christian concepts are are, are fairly uh, incorporated in our our understanding um, of these of these terms, and so um, getting getting to to kind of understand a little bit more of where. Um, Judaism comes from might help because obviously the you know the Roman side there's nothing okay I totally can understand that but splitting the hairs between kind of the 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 Christian point of view and the the the, the Jewish point of view um, is a is a lot more nuanced uh, right as that it's not black and white as nothing or something <laughs> well and if you know you want to have a, a complete pandemic meltdown within a household. <laughs> start a conversation about what do you think heaven's like? And, mm. you know, however many people you have in the room, you probably will have that many different descriptions. And then you ask, and how do you get there? And again, 
as many different descriptions as there are people. Right. And that's fine because basically both within Judaism, Judaism and Christianity, there's the, the primary belief about eternal life is we don't understand it because it's a gift from God. Right. Okay. And, and God doesn't have to share with us the details. So it was it, essentially it's it's just that that recognition of there's there is a through line of some sort there, yes. uh, and and we we are a part of God from our inception and beyond. Um, um, yeah, God God created us at birth, not before. There's mm -hmm. no Jesus was the only human who was preexistent prior to birth. Um, so that you know, so there aren't little souls waiting in heaven to be born, um, and then God sustains us through our earthly life, mm -hmm. and then God continues to embrace us for all eternity after we die. Hmm. And again, the exact mechanisms of any of those pieces we really don't understand, right? And we're not supposed to, and we don't have to. That's hmm. so, Paul. You know, Paul is trying to basically tell people, you, you do get to have hope. Now, I can't diagram this out, but you get to have hope. Yeah. In a way that the people around us don't. Yeah. Uh, and I think, I think the, um, I, I think that concept also then uh, helps inform a lot of the behavioral mechanisms that, uh, that, that kind of coincide with that, you know, with, with faith, because it's, it really is saying, no, there's, there's, if there is something more important then you might be more inclined to uh, do something for the concept of like the greater good, as opposed right. to what it is you want here and now in this moment, because if your mindset is all you have is this time here on earth and once it's gone, it's gone and there's nothing else after that. So you're much more inclined to be like, well, then I'm going to get me and mine Yeah, <laughs> right yeah. now. No accountability. Um, right. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a great um, tomb inscription from this era um, that was written in Latin, but I won't bore you with the Latin. And the inscription says, I was not, I was, I am not, I care not. Hmm. That I think that summarizes what you were just saying. Hmm. Yeah. So, uh, um, so what was, there was something else I was going to ask about this. <laughs> yes, that was just Shoot. such a staggering quote. It blew your mind. <laughs> it was. It was. I like it. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah very very, very similar goth. to. <laughs> right, but also they're very in a way uh, stylistically kind of very similar to. I think therefore I am. Kind yeah. Of, uh, um. Say, say that again. What was it again? One more time. Sure. Just make, I want to make sure I get it right. This is from the footnote of my Bible. I, I was um, not. I was. I was. Yeah. I was not. I was. I am not. I care not. Hmm. Hmm. Very interesting. Um, yeah. So, for, yeah. So the, the other the other aspect here in this reading is um, kind of like this it's this discussion that kind of seems as though there's a question as to who are first um, uh, the, the those who have died or those of us who are alive 
what what's the what's the thing that's coming into play here as far as um why we're talking about these two groups of people because obviously the beginning part is talking about uh more along the lines of like just understanding the simple concept of there's value of some sort after death but then we kind of get into this you know who is who is first among us uh kind of kind of a question and i guess i don't quite understand why that's even necessarily a a a talking point why why even why even is it addressed at all well and this is simply a guess so you know don't don't footnote me for some, your religious term papers but <laughs> no you know reading various passages from paul's letters about um these kinds of events comparing that with the book of revelation it's mm-hmm. i the part that i'm not i can't footnote but I think it's true, is that it's safe to say there was a lot of conversation going on among early Christians about how all this was going to wrap up, how human existence was going hmm. to wrap up. Because they, it was clear that by Jesus' resurrection, all the rules had changed, or that may not be a good way to put it, but everything we thought we knew was false about human existence. We're not going to just cease to exist. Mm-hmm. And you know, if we're a Roman, Greco-Roman person, and so I think there was quite a bit of conversation about how, what will be the process that mm. if, if someone's been dead a gazillion years, do they stay dead a gazillion one year until all the paperwork's done and the people still alive or do they get processed first and then the people on earth get processed? All, the, all those things that are natural in human curiosity, but um, Jesus kind of was explicit about, don't worry about guys. <laughs> You know, right. What you right. think about it won't shape what it is. Which which is which is odd because Paul obviously does create a pecking order here. Um, but he didn't have the gospels yet. That's true. So he may that's not true. have heard that part of Jesus's teachings. Yeah. I, or I, it could I, be I struggle so- to figure out why it would matter. I mean it, it, for for me like just saying you'll join together in the sky. Okay, great. We're yeah. all going. And that <laughs> that's that's the good way to do it. But I have mm-hmm. a feeling, again, it was becoming a hot topic, especially because it was a brand new idea for the Greco-Roman people. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to naturally, I think, have questions about what was going to be the process. And then specu- you know, the old thing, if there's not a firm response, speculation and rumors will run rampant. So mm-hmm. I presume Paul felt he had to answer a question that we may not have heard that he had hmm. yeah because i guess and I, he's just I doing also, his best sure sure uh and i i guess i also wonder if there might have been uh, might have been questions uh from the thessalonians and others like them uh of like hey look it's we're a little worried it's getting kind of dangerous down here on earth we'll yeah. get taken first right because the dead don't have to worry about this doesn't really it, like I can't really imagine why then the answer would be like no 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 you gotta brave you gotta tough that out while the <laughs> while those who have died before you get processed first and good luck to you but so yeah but in in that regard it doesn't really make sense for my theory but um I don't know I, I guess for for me none of that seems as though like that would matter to me if I were in their shoes but I'm also it's impossible for me to effectively do so because I have all my own preconceived 
experiences. So, um, well, and yeah, and I was just about to agree with you. And I said, wait a minute, in terms of myself, I really want to know when COVID's going to pass. I want mm-hmm. to be able to do my 12 month planning for the parish calendar and mm-hmm. plan when will I get to travel again and um, things like that. So I realized, you know, if, if I really had, if, if the news that I was going to live eternally was suddenly handed to me, I probably have a lot of questions. <laughs> that makes sense. Do, yeah. do I, do I have time to take that trip that I really wanted yeah. to like, and this is Paul's answer version of like, I think so. Yes. We've got a lot of dead people to process first. Right. And <laughs> Well, and to, you know, you got to wait till you're now serving, you know, 14,755 before we get to you. So a lot of paperwork. Well, and <laughs> I mean, and then if, yeah, if, I, I if, suppose that's fair. If we were to go on to chapter five, and I frankly don't know if we do next week or not, then Paul very explicitly says, and by the way, you guys shouldn't have to be told any of this. We do. Because it's not yeah. important. Yeah, even though I've just spent, um, what, 20% of the letter telling you this stuff, <laughs> if you thought this was important, punchline, it ain't. <laughs> so this is, keeping in, in our theme of, uh, of of comedians, this is yes. like, a, this is the Jerry Seinfeld letter of nothing. Uh, yes. Because we're going to talk about this whole thing and it doesn't matter. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the next verse is, Now concerning the times and seasons, brothers and sisters, you do not need to have anything written to you. Whoa. <laughs> then why would you give us this? <laughs> why would we just spend a whole chapter on it, Paul? I, I, read, I read this whole thing only to find out it. <laughs> this author is telling me, what I just wrote doesn't matter. Psych. What a jerk. <laughs> He tricked me. He tricked me into reading. The Thessalonian psych. <laughs> <laughs> uh, amazing. Um, but uh, the, uh, the other thing to note, because you, know, you started off with this, this reminds you of so many other pieces of Christian theology around the end of times. Mm-hmm. Note, there's no mention of punishment here. Right. Right. That, and a lot of people just... Presume it's there and is unstated, but no, it's 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 just not there. That's a very good point because yeah, there and there's no indication of, uh, you know, the dead who lived good and righteous lives are the ones who are going to be processed first either. There's no reference right. to, uh, there the the only class systems in this story are the dead and the alive, and there's no. No other yeah. groups of people. Yeah, well, that is an interesting point. Yeah, for sure. I, I think you're right. I think that there would be a number of people who would who would be uncomfortable with that idea and be like, yeah, "But but it's implied. It's there." Right. It's, oh, I'm sure. Know, I'm sure people. God's chosen that explicitly will. or unconsciously do that. Right. Right. The the ones who have found favor with God are the ones who are being referred to in the story, and yeah. everything else is just omitted. Uh, uh, but it's there. Huh. Um, all right, well, let's, let's move on to Matthew then. Uh-huh. Matthew 25, verse 1 through 13. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. And this is in quotes, so this is Jesus 
uh, speaking, I believe. Uh, then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a shout, Look, here is the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all the bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, No, there will not be enough for you and for us. You had better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came, and those who were, excuse me, those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later the other bridesmaids came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Um, put back to back, um, this passage kind of does uh, re-insinuate uh, um, uh, groups of people who will be granted into the clouds together and people who will yeah. not. Yeah. Um, maybe the intention of putting the readings together. Um, maybe not. Uh, but uh, certainly this is a story that all people who um, are detail-oriented uh, uh, love to look at, right? Because this is the uh, prepare ahead and uh, those of you who are uh, disorganized and unprepared, namely people like me, uh, <laughs> get their comeuppance and uh, uh, don't get to go into the wedding banquet. And so this is the this is the people who uh, get to point to it and, and say, "See, see, this is why." Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, um, I I don't. I, I'm trying to think of exactly the. Um, the, the, the meaning that, that Jesus is trying to instill in this story, because in other stories, um, sometimes the person who is prepared, uh, is, is, uh, uh, is, is lauded, is exalted in the story. And then other times the person who seems to be prepared is more, uh, the, the person who, uh, gets corrected on something as, as to not sharing. I could very easily see a similar story uh, maybe coming from Jesus where uh, he chastises uh, the, the bridesmaids who don't share. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, so it's not as though like there's this consistent theme uh, necessarily in all his stories that would then point to um, preparation. Preparation is the key. Uh, and, um, um, so I'm just kind of curious as to your thoughts on, 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 uh, any, any hidden meanings or, or, or uh, below the surface meanings of this story as to what he's trying to, uh, to, to address. Well, first thing I'd say is confess your guilt and be freed. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I'm not prepared. That's, uh, that's usually it's... me. It's really, it's not about making sure your knapsack has enough granola bars before you take the hike. I turn um, in my homework at the last second <laughs> almost all the time. It's, what this is really, what, okay, this is part of the Gospel of Matthew that has three 
different three parables one after another all with the same theme of how are you supposed to live in the in-between time between resurrection and either end of your life or end of the whole wide world mm-hmm. and what these all counter in various ways is the idea of it doesn't matter what you do mm-hmm. that instead you're supposed to live a life of faithfulness of, of righteousness rolling down like a stream of justice mm-hmm. rolling like waters <clears throat> that what you do with however many years you get is crucial. It's yeah. crucial to, to God's dreams. It's crucial to your own development as a human, as a Christian. So yeah, the, it, it isn't about making sure you have enough oil under the sink before the, I mean, it, again, parables are silly. And depending on who you read, um, or watch on YouTube now, maybe. <laughs> right. This is a silly image from the get-go that there, there wasn't any Jewish tradition of having 10 virgins waiting for the bridegroom with oil lamps. Okay. And so people were going, what the heck is this story about? You know, they, they would not have said, oh, okay, now we know how to do weddings better. That mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Instead, it was a story that would have blown them away a little bit and made them hopefully step back and say, what is this? What's he, what's Jesus really talking about? And it really won't make sense to after the resurrection anyway. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I think it, the, the inclination is to read this as uh, the second coming, right? Uh, yeah. The bride, the, the, the bridegroom is, uh, Christ and uh, he when he comes you you had better be prepared um, um, so this is this is like a, it'd be easy to sit there and say like oh well we, then we always need to have our, our, our uh, enough oil and our lamps with us and, uh, and it feels as though the 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 real point is more that um, it's it's I think there'd be an inclination if the story is about the second coming, an inclination of like, oh, I've got time. Yeah. It's, which is not, to, to be fair to the story, not what the foolish said. Right. Uh, they didn't say like, oh, I've got time. I'll get that later. Um, they just, you know, they, they, uh, uh, they, they just didn't uh, take enough. But there would be a, a kind of an inclination of like, when I see the second coming, then maybe I'll, you know, then I'll, yeah, then I'll, I'll live right. a good life for the next 30 right. seconds. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And in, in a way that's the story is kind of saying like, no, 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 that's not the point. And it's not so, so much that you have to have enough oil. It's that you, you have to prepare now. Yeah. You know, the, the act of preparation is the part that's being, um, uh, uh, punished here because you 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 can't just you know go along wait and see what happens oh the bridegroom is coming for sure now uh wait where's my oil wait where's my lamp <laughs> uh and, well and and yeah and but even then i i still think and i'm not surprised that that preparation part keeps banging on you because mm-hmm. really the point of the story is that they fell asleep Ah. If they hadn't fallen asleep, they would have thought, oh, that 
we're not gonna have enough oil. Let's go to the kitchen and get some more. Gotcha. Um, but they fe- they fell asleep, and therefore did not live out the full life God had given them to live. Hmm. hmm. I mean, I, I I jumped ahead of the, to the meaning of it, but it's again, yeah. you know, don't don't sleep on your life. You only get one. It's supposed to be grand and glorious and joyful and challenging and difficult at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a short time, and God really wants us to love deeply throughout it. Love God, love ourselves, love each other. Hmm. Don't fall asleep. I like that. I, I, I Yeah, that does, uh, I have to admit, for, for my reading, uh, that point kind of does get glossed over. Yeah. And in a way, um, kind of reminds me of, um, uh, which if I'm remembering the timeline of Matthew right is coming up, uh, where the disciples fall asleep um, yeah. on the mount. And, yeah. uh, and the, the Roman soldiers uh, uh, come upon them. Uh, they, they kind of like fall asleep, if I remember right. So in a way, it's kind of, kind of, kind of reminds me of A little foreshadowing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so which one, uh, which, uh, which one of the apostles or which bridegrooms then in that story? <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Peter that, uh, draws his, his, his blade. Is he the, uh, is he the, uh, bridesmaid with, bridesmaid with or without? <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you don't have enough oil, just I listen to that story. Cut off the best man's ear. And no one, right. will, no one will remember that your lamp went out. <laughs> And then bring her lamp, but here's, but taste my blade. Um, uh, but, uh, but yeah. Just, just to answer your question though, in Matthew, the, the one with the sword is not named. Okay. 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 But Am Peter, I correct? But Peter yeah. did fall asleep in the garden of Gethsemane. Okay. Okay. Is it Peter who, who is named in one of the other gospels? I believe so. Okay. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking it was Peter that struck off the, the, struck the ear and if um, i had to guess i'd say john but i'm not sure of that okay okay not that i suppose that not that it matters in this book all... he... oh. unnamed yeah <laughs> yes in matthew it's unnamed and this um passage occurs just one chapter before all that starts to unfold hmm. i mean this we're nearing the end of holy week Interesting. So, so in another in another sense, um, especially since this, you know, the book of Matthew is uh, compiled after all these events. It, it, this is not. This was. There's no indication that the book of Matthew was compiled as events went along. Absolutely right. written after the fact. Um, this could be, especially as you're reading through. Yeah, this could be foreshadowing to what's to come. Yeah. And talking about bride, bride uh, bridesmaids falling asleep, um, then then uh, um, this yeah, could it all be, ties together. Yeah, this very much could be a comment uh, rather than to like the individual reader, but a comment about the the apostles themselves as well. I can, well, I can imagine. And it also is helpful for someone two thousand years later saying, "Oh man, I'm going to fall asleep." I'm going to be one of these virgins without enough oil. And then within a matter of handfuls of words, you read about Peter falling asleep. And I, oh, and, and Peter turned out okay. 
Okay, so I can turn right. out okay. Hmm. Hmm. Still got to pay attention to the to the right. story, but it yeah it it t- takes the edge off a little bit, at least t- regarding self inc- self recriminations. Gotcha. Yeah. Um. Interesting. Anything else about this story here? Just one piece that people may have picked up on as we went through these three readings that they all three have a certain reference to the end of time. And that's usually a a theme reserved for the season of Advent leading Mm -hmm. up to Christmas back in, I believe it was the middle ages. I should have looked this up to get the exact date. Uh, There were Christians who in Europe who thought that Advent should be just like Lent and be very penitential and be just as long. And so in some places, Advent became 40 days. And so this would have been the first Sunday of Advent. Huh. 40 okay. days, not counting Sundays, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> right. Basically, basically eight week, eight Sundays. Got it. Um, and so we have that shadow that's interesting that hardly ever gets talked about. But through the centuries in the Western church, we've kept the same reading structure. Even though, and the I haven't looked it up, but I bet the Collect of the Day has something about the end of time. Um, even mm-hmm. though we don't talk about it at all, you, you really do have to almost take a seminary history class to learn about that that piece of why the each liturgical year, and it happens each liturgical year, seems to get a running start on Advent. It does, very hmm. intentionally. Very interesting. Yeah. So um, if you want to make an Advent wreath with eight candles. You know, you only have a few more days to do it. <laughs> there you go. Get to it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, you all have your homework. Uh, we expect <laughs> pictures of these Advent wreaths to be you know, emailed to us at shortcut at HFEC. And as always, Legos are appropriate. And Legos are totally appropriate. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, so I, I, with that, I think we'll conclude. Yeah. Uh, this year podcast for November 8th. Uh, again, as mentioned at the top, uh, 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 please uh, feel free to check us out but either in person or online. Uh, our website is hfec.org. And as I mentioned, you can email us at shortcut at hfec.org uh, with questions, uh, concerns, uh, uh, suggestions, or pictures of Advent wreaths. Um, <laughs> but, uh, um, and cute puppies. And cute puppies, sure. Yeah, Pictures whatever. of cute puppies, always welcome. Anything appropriate. <laughs> we'll take Yes. Um, uh, 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 but uh, but uh, hopefully, like I said, uh, hopefully one of those uh, versions of a uh, service will be able to connect with you. Um, uh, right. Whether that's online, uh, our watch party at 9 o'clock a.m. on Facebook, uh, or um, uh, an in-person um, uh, parking lot church uh, on Sunday, which should, fingers crossed here, it uh, looks like it'll be good weather for us. So. Yeah, forecast looks nice. So, um, and and those things never change. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so with that, uh, we'll, we'll end. Uh, with, like I said, we've got two more uh, in this uh, year A, and then we'll be into year B, which is crazy. Uh, but uh, uh, until that time, I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And we'll talk to you then. Bye-bye. Bye.